Strike First. It's me, your host, Berserk. Uh, been a minute. We've been on hiatus since the holidays, and I want to explain that. I'll be frank. Uh, holidays are my least favorite time of the year, both because I have a high demand in what I do for a living and family obligations, so it didn't really leave a lot of time for me to do notes and record and do what I do on here. So I made the judgment call to take a hiatus from Thanksgiving until the first of the year. And we are now in 2022. It's a new year, new elections, new COVID variants, of course. And that's what's going to lead us into the rest of the show. Now we have to talk about the new variant that is uh, spreading like wildfire across the country. And that's uh, Omicron. And we're starting to see the same thing we saw with the initial COVID outbreak, as well as Delta. And that is long lines at testing sites and shortages on home tests. I encountered both of these during the Delta surge because I actually caught COVID. I caught Delta. And I remember there was long lines at the testing sites. And I remember it took me days to find a home test and I finally found one and it came up positive unfortunately and I stood in line at a testing site to get my official diagnosis where I did indeed have COVID and on a personal note uh, my brother-in-law actually just tested positive for COVID a few days ago and he is a firefighter in one of the big major cities of this country and they were already short firefighters and he had been going to different firehouses because of the shortage. And he picked it up, unfortunately. And it's spreading. It's spreading quickly. And this is from CNN. The nation broke records at least four times this week for its seven-day average of new daily COVID infections, reporting an all-time high of more than 300,086 new daily infections Friday. According to the latest data from John Hopkins University, the high case count is already causing disruptions in the country. No kidding. But on top of this, the CDC, in its uh, infinite wisdom, decided to cut down the quarantine time from 10 days. I remember when it was 14 days. We went from 14 days to 10 days and now we're down to five so we can get back to work and this is a clip of anthony fauci just basically going full mask off now uh the updated guidance says that you only have to quarantine after five days the confusing thing i think for people is this applies to both the vaccinated and the unvaccinated um and also this guidance is based on research that came out prior to the omicron variant can you talk us through what led to this change Yes. Uh, first of all, you're right. It's anyone who's infected, whether you're an unvaccinated person or whether or not you have a breakthrough infection following your vaccination. And what it means is that instead of keeping people out of action, out of work, out of society for 10 days, if you're infected and without symptoms, then you have five days of isolation and then you could go back out into society with a mask worn consistently. And the reason for that is that the sheer volume and number of cases with Omicron, which is very much more transmissible 
than prior variants, we don't want to get into a situation where so many people are out from their jobs, many of which are essential jobs to keep society running smoothly. So Dr. Fauci basically just said, we're doing this to get everybody back to work, to participate in society, back to work. And that's what this is about. It's not about the health. It's about getting back to work. It's about answering the shortages and not doing anything to protect people, if anything, to put people more at risk. And this is why I find it so hypocritical. Here's another clip. I have been telling people consistently that if you're vaccinated and boosted and you have a family setting in the home with family and relatives, but when you're talking about a New Year's Eve party, we have 30, 40, 50 people celebrating. You do not know the status of their vaccination. I would recommend strongly stay away from that this year. There will be other years to do that, but not this year. So you can go back to work in five days after being exposed to COVID, but Dr. Anthony Fauci thinks that you should not go to holiday gatherings or ring in the New Year's at large gatherings, which I actually agree with. I think everybody should just stay away from large gatherings until we get things under control. And I don't know when that'll be. But I find it hypocritical that one day he is saying, don't go to large family gatherings, don't go to holiday parties, don't ring in the New Year's by going a night on the town, but you can go back to work in five days if you're exposed. And I think you stand a better chance of being exposed at your job than you do at holiday gatherings. Yes, at holiday gatherings or New Year's parties or whatever that took place over the holidays, you're there for maybe a couple of hours spending time with friends and family. You're going to a job five days a week, 40 hours a week, if you're lucky enough to be able to make ends meet on a 40-hour salary or hourly wage. You are spending more time in the public working around lots of people that have COVID, and I think you're going to get an infection just as much as you are, if not more than if you're going to a holiday party or ringing in the New Year's. I'm not telling you to go party your life out. You do you. Me, personally, I'm staying home and as isolated as possible. I would be doing that even if COVID didn't exist because I just don't like being around people much these days. But I just find it hypocritical. Now, why did we cut the quarantine time again to five days from 10 days. Well, there might be a little bit of a business interest to say of why we did this. And this is from Gizmodo. Our employees represent an essential workforce to enable Americans who need to travel domestically and internationally. And this comes from Delta airlines. They stand the most to lose on COVID. And with the rapid spread of the Omicron variant, the 10-day isolation 
for those who are fully vaccinated may significantly impact our workforce and operations, the letter goes on. Similar to healthcare, police, fire, and public transportation workforces, the Omicron surge may exacerbate shortages and create significant disruptions. That's uh, Delta executives begging the government and the CDC to lower the isolation time. And they released this a couple of days before the CDC made its announcement and Dr. Fauci started doing his uh, speaking public. uh, He loves a camera, apparently, making his rounds on all the news outlets to say, hey, it's cool. If you got exposed to COVID, you can wait five days and then you can go back to work like a good little worker ant. And Delta executives are hardly the only folks worried about these disruptions. And this is still from Gizmodo. When surveyed in the past, people who were hesitant to get tested for COVID-19 have cited a fear of loss of work to be among one of the chief reasons to shy away from these tests. After all, a mandatory 10-day isolation period means some of those who tested positive are staring down close to two weeks without working. And in some cases, that means 10 days with reduced or no pay. And for gig workers or those who face tenuous employment situations, even before the pandemic, a 10-day isolation period might mean losing their job entirely. AKA, our government doesn't really care about the average working stiff of this country. Uh, if they did, they would have provided more help. They wouldn't have cut unemployment benefits. They would have provided, you know, better, better medical care, maybe Medicare for all, even if it was just temporary. But they didn't. They said, get back to work and stop inconveniencing us with your complaints of not wanting to get a virus that has killed over 800,000 people in the United States. Now, I'm old enough to remember. I'm not sure if you guys are old enough to remember when people got mad at Trump for politicizing the CDC for economic gain. I remember every politician on the Democratic side and media slamming his decision about keeping the economy open, not shutting down, not providing help to the average citizens. Now they're silent. They're not saying anything. They're just saying, well, we provided a vaccination. Well, that's really not stopping much if they're telling you that you can still be exposed and catch the thing and spread it to other people. Is it? And I'm pro-vax. I'm vaccinated myself. But what they're saying, not our problem anymore. We don't care. Get back to work. Now, who isn't working during all of this? Well, Goldman Sachs, of course. And this is from Reuters. Goldman Sachs asks its U.S. employees to work from home until January 18th. Goldman Sachs Group is encouraging... It's eligible U.S. staff to work from home until January 18th, a company spokesperson said, as it followed the number of its rivals and altering its return-to-office plans as the Omicron variant spreads. Goldman Sachs was among the Wall Street banks that pushed the hardest to bring staff back into the office, 
and has been the last holdout trying to keep most staff working in the offices through the Omicron variant's surge. J.P. Morgan Chase and Citigroup, which was also among those pushing staff to work in his office, told workers last week that they could work from home for the first two weeks of January. So, basically, the hedge funders, uh, the stock humans, they don't have to go back to work until this uh, kind of dies down, and they'll probably get extended. Uh, J.P. Morgan said in a memo to employees that all staff are expected to return to offices no later than February 1st. So they're giving them a little bit of leeway right now, and I expect that'll be extended if these surges continue, of course. And that just means that you get to toil and be exposed daily, and they don't. They get to be safe. They get to work from home. Oh, and it gets better, too. And this just broke a few hours ago, and this is from Axios. The Capitol's attending physician on Monday urged congressional offices to shift towards a remote work schedule due to skyrocketing corona positivity rate among staff. Monahan said the Capitol Test Center's seven-day positivity rate has risen from 1% to 13%. Congressional offices and committees and agencies should immediately review their operations to adopt a maximal telework posture to reduce in-person meetings and in-office activities to the maximum extent possible. AKA, if you work on Capitol Hill, you get to work from home too, probably in the coming days. And that just shows you how out of touch the elite and our politicians truly are in this country, that they're going to get to minimize their exposure as much as possible but they expect you to go back to work the people on wall street and our politicians can hide in their fancy homes but you the person who isn't bringing in six to seven figures a year you need to get back to work they need their servers at their fancy restaurants they need their cortados and lattes from their favorite coffee shop or starbucks most likely and they need you to make their lives as convenient and as comfortable as possible they need all of our services protections and their luxuries on a whim and they get to stay safe in their homes they get to work their hours in their homes but you not you you need to get back to work you need to get back to being just a bank teller somewhere you need to get back to your construction job you need to get back to your server job providing drinks, services to the wealthy and the politicians. And that's not even the most disappointing thing to me about this. It's that our government and our health experts are co-signing this for everyone to get COVID so they can keep this machine running. This machine that's clearly hasn't been working for the average working person in a very long time because they're seeing their savings dwindle they're saving their money going less further than before and it's not working and that's why a lot of people you know checked out of the labor uh, labor market 
by withholding their labor because they're just like, I work all these hours and I'm still not getting anywhere. I'm still as poor as ever. Why do I keep on trying? And the scary part is, is that the rich no longer care about COVID. And that means it's over for everybody. It means everyone else is screwed because they're safe and taken care of and everybody else can just get fucked. It doesn't matter if it's the blue team or it's the red team because they all work for the same people in my book. And that's the ultra rich and the ultra rich pressed the thumb on them and said, you got to get them back to work. Despite the fact that they've reaped the most rewards from this. Uh, Billionaires have seen their wealth increase significantly. I believe the CARES Act transferred a huge amount of wealth to the already rich and offered only crumbs to the average person. And it still wasn't good enough. It still wasn't good enough. They wanted the bailouts from the government and they want your labor too. It's simple as that. And they're going to keep on pressing it. And that's why I think it's more important than ever to start organizing locally, uh, start speaking out in your workplace because the red team and the blue team really don't care. They're going to answer to their true employers. And that's not the people that is the people that donate to these politicians. All right. So we've talked about the, build back better plan a couple of times on this show and before the holidays and during our hiatus uh joe manchin sank the bill sank the bill completely before our politicians got to take another one of their long vacations that most of us will not ever get (laughs) and The Build Back Better plan had already been super, super hollowed out. Uh, They had cut out paid leave on it. I'm sorry. I don't, even though the House included it, there was no way it was ever going to pass the Senate without Joe Manchin. And he basically 86'd that idea. So no matter what happens, it's, you're probably not going to get paid leave. I'd be very surprised if we did pass something like that. And the, second most expensive thing in there was tax cuts with the salt tax cuts, which usually benefit the wealthy. And it was the second most expensive part of the plan. The most expensive one was universal pre-K and it was very, very, very corporate friendly. And they've cut out so many things on the climate. So many of the so-called social safety net strengthening that they were going to do. And Joe Manchin sank that anyways, after, you know, basically getting everything he wanted. And this is what happened is that he basically sank the bill, ultimately ending the child tax credit for the future. He also noted that he thought people were spending their child tax credit money on drugs, even though his daughter manufactures uh, legal drugs and has raised the price on them significantly. So the child tax credit expired at the end of December and a lot of people 
probably don't know that they will not be getting a $500 check. They'll probably see a mail, a check from the IRS and think, oh, here's my check. But they won't be getting it. I've talked to several, you know, people that just don't pay attention to politics like I do. They're not masochists, I guess. And they safely assume that the child tax credit was uh, going to happen in January. And that's anecdotal on my part. But I do believe that a lot of people don't know that the child tax credit expired and that they won't be getting that lifeline during massive inflation, watching their money go less further, or if they, heaven forbid, catch COVID themselves, because lots of employers aren't offering extended leave for COVID. They're making them use their vacation time and PTO these days. We're going to get to that soon when I read some uh, Twitter replies. But this comes from Axios. Senator Joe Manchin is open to re-engaging on the climate and the child care provisions in President Biden's Build Back Butter agenda if the White House removes the enhanced child credit from the 1.7 trillion package. Now, I remember the package initially being suggested being $6 trillion. It got whittled down to three before it even made it into discussions on the Capitol. And then it got whittled down further to $1.7 trillion. And here we are, even going to hollow it out even further. And Joe Manchin wants the child tax credit completely removed. And the unfortunate part of this is that he will most likely succeed in getting the child tax credit completely removed from the bill. Well, why am I being such a pessimist? Well, I don't know. It's because he's gotten everything else he wants. Because nobody, whether it's Chuck Schumer or President Biden, has wielded any sort of power to stop him from basically throwing his weight around everywhere. They bowed down to him on the paid family leave. They bowed down to him on the cutting it from $3 trillion to $1.7 trillion. And he's going to get what he wants, unfortunately. And that's going to be at the cost of the half the children that they uplifted out of poverty that they claim. And I do believe them on that. I will. I'm not one to give Joe Biden or the Democrats much credit because I'm not a Democrat, nor have I been for a very long time. But I gave credit on that, and they're going to cut it out because Joe Manchin works for the ultra-rich, even more so than the rest of them. And that was the one semi-decent thing they did. And they basically say, well, we got to throw up our hands because the guy from one of the smallest states dictates everything because his corporate donors Tell him to. So now you can kiss the child tax credit goodbye. Some people have speculated that they can maybe get Romney or Susan Collins on board, much like they thought that they could get them on board for anything to take a stand against Trump when they were supposedly 
all against him and furrowing their brows at him. It, it's political theater. They stand no, no chance in getting any Republican to come over to pass the child tax credit. So it's good as dead for now. And I remember being told that the biggest reason why Joe Biden needed to be the nominee was because he could work with both sides. Well, he can't even work with his own side to pass the one semi-decent thing that he did, that his party did through this. And that was the child tax credit. And he's effectively choosing not to wield any sort of power or leverage over Joe Manchin. So, in my opinion, he's co-signing this. He's okay with cutting the child tax credit provision out of the Build Back Better plan. And that's, you can't call it a social safety net spending bill if there's minimal social safety net spending in it, in my opinion. Let's just call it what it is. Let's call it corporate-friendly, universal, pre-K, tax cuts for wealthy homeowners and watered-down provisions that semi-help. And they immediately ceded this ground, in my opinion, when they chose to separate the bipartisan infrastructure plan and the Build Back Better plan. The minute they said, we'll pass the bipartisan one, and then we'll vote on Build Back Better later. They immediately lost the battle, and I saw this coming. And I try not to talk too much about the red team or the blue team on the show, but this impacts average working folks. In a time where unemployment has been cut, uh, they're risking their lives and their health going to work, during a yet another COVID surge. And inflation is just running. The cost of groceries, the cost of utilities, the cost of everything is increasing weekly. And the one semi-decent thing, which was a child tax credit, which they said would lift half of children out of poverty, they threw their hands up. They threw their hands up and said, oh, well, we can't do that. All right, so... I recently asked on Twitter, what is your employer doing to protect you from getting sick and are they giving you time to recover? And these are some of the responses I got. I am a COVID tester and they give us medical masks and food safe, not medical safe gloves, no shields, nitrile gloves, gowns. Also, we aren't even required to wear scrubs. That's coming from a COVID tester. Another one, my manager preferred us not to say we were exposed at any time and do nothing until we get symptoms. I'm working multiple doubles this week because half the restaurant is sick and nothing has been done. I feel like a Russian soldier in Stalingrad picking up a fallen soldier's AK, but instead of fighting fascism, I'm making some bald sports car fuckhead rich. Well said. My manager fired my friend for calling in sick. They started writing people up for not wearing masks. We were given it men leave if you tested positive with symptoms, but they canceled it last September. I'm not sure what the policy is now. We do a pretty good job on masks at my job, but it's going to be on the higher risk in regardless. They pl 
play fast and loose with the isolation guidelines, but better than in some places. The biggest difference I've seen working a union job versus a non-union is the managers are significantly less threatening and intimidating. I'm honestly not sure what our current COVID guidelines are. I know they don't include masks. Everyone just got their year's worth of PTO. I imagine any time off, if you want it paid, is starting with that. They're forcing us into the office and into group meetings, ignoring the rapid rise of COVID. They're also not paying if you get sick and do not work. Very little at this point. No backs required. No mask required. Just hosted a big Thanksgiving and then Christmas party. If you test positive, you're forced to quarantine based on the CDC recommendations. All time off has to come from your sick leave or PTO. I don't know. Haven't heard from them since last Wednesday. Emailed HR this morning about trying to get tested in hopes of a negative result to return. Still haven't heard back. Masks are only required for unvaccinated. Luckily, I don't work in a high traffic area and most likely got COVID from my girlfriend. Fair enough. Not enforcing company mask mandates and not paying people for taking time off if infected. One person said, um, they fired me. So, that's the general gist of things. Uh, some positive, but mostly negative. Mostly employers not looking out for their employees. And, once again, that's anecdotal evidence. That's just coming from my Twitter feed. But, that's what lots of people are saying is that Nobody seems to care anymore, especially employers. And I said it earlier in the show that the rich don't seem to care about COVID anymore. Everybody's just kind of on their own. And that's why it's so important to, you know, start organizing your workplace and organizing locally, get involved locally, in my opinion, because that's the only way that we're going to stand a chance in this mess, even if there was no COVID, it's still, we have to address poverty and lack of wages. But I will say that COVID has exacerbated those issues. The cracks have always been there. It's just the cracks are a lot more visible since COVID happened. All right, everybody, that's our show. If you like what you hear, Subscribe to us on your favorite podcast platform of choice. We're on all the big ones like Apple and Spotify. And if you want to give us good reviews, it helps people find the show, especially on Apple Podcasts. So anybody that gives us a five-star review, I'll give a shout-out on future shows. So I'm only going to do that for a little bit until I get a few of the five stars that I desperately crave. But if you like the show... Keep on supporting us by listening, subscribing, giving good reviews, and thank you for listening.